Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallion. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Good morning, everybody out there in West Georgia, and welcome to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? I tell you what, I am excited. I cannot wait for the draft. It's going to be a busy week, and we have got a lot to cover on this show, including at the end of the show, I'm going to make a special announcement. You do not want to miss it. So we got a lot to talk about, so let's go. We're going to talk about the Braves. They got snubbed after a rain out and had a doubleheader and just dominating pitching by the Diamondbacks. They lose the doubleheader on Sunday. The Hawks come back from eight down to defeat the Milwaukee Bucks, trying to position themselves into that fourth seed going into the NBA playoffs. And Atlanta United gets their first victory of the season with a 3-1 victory over the Chicago Fire. All right, I'm going to say it. The Braves' offense was MIA on Sunday as they only mustered up one hit. The Arizona Diamondbacks defeated them in a doubleheader. Remember, they had a game that rained out on Saturday, and so they had a seven-inning doubleheader on Sunday. They lose game one, five to nothing. The Braves only had one hit as Zach Gellin tossed a one-hitter. Then they turn around in the second game and get not only shut out, but Madison Bumgarner throws a no-hitter and the Braves lose 7-0. So the Braves are now 9-12 and they got to rally the troops and get going as they take on the Chicago Cubs tonight. I'll tell you what, the Cubs are hungry to get back into the postseason and win a World Series. You know, I watched a replay of one of the greatest baseball games I've ever seen in my life. Game 7 of the 2016 World Series. That game was going back and forth. Rajay Davis in the bottom of the eighth inning hit a two-run homer to tie it, and it was 6-6. And then, of course, they had the rain delay, and then Ben Zobris with that game-winning hit. And then the rest is history. Rajay Davis cuts it close. It's 8-7. to seven. And I thought Rajay Davis was going to be the hero. And then Chris Bryant with a little dribbler down third base throws it to Anthony Rizzo. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series for the first time since 1908. One of the greatest sports moments of last decade. And the Cubs are hungry. They still have most of their key players from that 2016 World Series championship team. And they're taking on the Atlanta Braves today on ESPN. I hope that game is not blacked out. I really am disappointed in the Atlanta market. I live in Columbus, still in the Atlanta market. I'm disappointed that you want to watch, like, let's say the Hawks and the Bucks on NBA TV, and it's blacked out. If you want to watch a Braves game, whatever happened to the good old days when they were always on TBS? Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The Atlanta Braves will take on the Chicago Cubs later today and you got chad morton going up against zach davies the braves starting pitching i don't want to talk to you a little bit about the Braves starting pitching because it seems like they may have ronald acuna jr back in the lineup i hope they do because that braves lineup was non-existent without acuna jr 
And I actually think that he catapults them into something special. He comes back from his injury. He's 0 for 3 in game two. And now he's leading the team with seven home runs and 16 RBIs. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the front runner for MVP. Remember, Freddie Freeman won the MVP last year. So you got two MVP candidates on that team. And I still think they need to start Pablo Sandoval at third base. So Max Freed is on the injured list. Mike Soroka, they're two, stop, they're two top pitchers. They're going to have to rely on second-year player Ian Anderson to front-load this staff. And the Braves are going to have to hold on. This is a very weak NL East. The New York Mets right now lead the division at 9-8. and eight. So the Braves are two back. So looking around at the baseball scores, wasn't that a fun Sunday night game? The San Diego Padres come back from six runs down. If there's a team with an Achilles heel, it's the Dodgers and it's their bullpen. The Padres win it in 11 innings. Do you, do you like that base runner rule in extra innings? It seems like it's just so easy when you get into extra innings that you can... It's just a huge advantage. Fernando Tatis scores on the sacrifice fly in the 11th inning. And what where, what have the Padres, where would the Padres be without Fernando Tatis Jr. in the lineup? They win the game 13 to 11. They win the game 8 to 7 in 11 innings. The Dodgers are now 15 and 7. They don't seem so invisible now. They don't seem so invisible now. And don't look now, but the San Francisco Giants are game back from the Los Angeles Dodgers. I still think that the San Francisco Giants, when they get Johnny Cueto back from the injured list, they got Gosman, they have Alex Wood. They're starting to get a little pitching rotation going, familiar to the 2010 team that won the World Series, and then they went on to win two more world titles in last decade, in 2012 and 2014, respectively. In 2012 and 2014, respectively. And they got a pretty good free agent acquisition in Evan Longoria leading the team. The San Francisco Giants get the job done defeating the Miami Marlins 4-3 as Logan Webb pitches seven scoreless innings. And he also hit a two-run triple. So the San Francisco Giants doing it with great pitching and the bats. You also got to factor in, they have got a three-game series against the worst team in baseball, the Colorado Rockies. But don't tell that to Trevor Story, who has really had a pretty storybook season as well. Evan Longoria leading the San Francisco Giants with four home runs and nine RBIs. And I just got to say, Madison who? The Giants, when they let Madison Bumgarner go to free agency last year, their best pitcher in a decade, and the Giants are able to get it done. They don't have the GM, Brian Sabian, but they are they were in a rebuilding mode for the last couple of years, and they look like they could compete in the NL West with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Oakland A's 13-game winning streak was snapped. I tell you, I had a winning streak of myself. I had uh, 35 straight days of 10,000 steps on Fitbit, and the A's winning streak was just as impressive as that streak, but they lose to the Baltimore Orioles 8-1 as they were channeling shades of Moneyball with that winning streak, and they currently lead the Seattle Mariners a game up in the AL West. So with the baseball season very early into the season, 
just looking at the teams that stand out, the Boston Red Sox, which are starting to become the team of this century, it's not the New York Yankees, who've only won one world title in the last 20 years. The Boston Red Sox at 14-9 and nine are able to do it on the road, and they have a very talented team. Right now, leading in the AL Central is the Kansas City Royals at 13-7, and seven, the Oakland A's leading the West at 14-8. and eight. It's a very close race in the NL East. I talked about the New York Mets with the acquisition of Francisco Lindor, and they still have the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob deGrom. The Milwaukee Brewers, led by Christian Yelich, and their outstanding team, they are two games ahead of the Cardinals, who I think are, are pretty disappointing this year at only 11-10 and 10, with the acquisition of Nolan Arenado, and they also got Paul Goldschmidt a couple years ago. The Cardinals have always been the staple franchise in the last 20 years. And of course, it's a very tight three-team race in the NL West between the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres. So the baseball season is early. And I am excited that I can watch some baseball. A little disappointed that I can't watch any of the Braves games, but that's neither here or there. All right, congratulations to the Atlanta Hawks for getting a big victory over the Milwaukee Bucks, 111-104. They do it without Trey Young. He's still injured out of the lineup. And Bogdan Boganovich steps up in the starting role with 32 points. He jacked up six three-pointers. John Collins chipped in with 18 points. And on a night where Clint Capella only had six points and 14 rebounds, the Bucks tried to key in on him defensively. Giannis got his 31 points. Chris Middleton with 23. Drew Holiday with 19. The Bucks had a lot of great teamwork and effort from their starters, but where was their bench? If the Bucks want to go far into the NBA playoffs, they're going to have to get more productivity from their bench. The Atlanta Hawks, they are anticipating getting DeAndre Hunter, Chris Dunn, Trey Young, Cam Reddish all back for the postseason. And right now they are in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They don't want to slip down to that seventh seed because you don't want to get into that play-in game where the seventh seed plays the tenth seed and the eighth seed plays the ninth seed. Right now the Atlanta Hawks are the fourth best team. The top three teams in the East still, the Brooklyn Nets, at 41 and 20, they are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They get a big victory over a very talented Phoenix Suns team. Kevin Durant returns back to the lineup with 33 points. But the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to figure out their defensive woes. When they get into the playoffs, if they face a hot shooting team, they may not have any answers to stop them. The Philadelphia 76ers, they're doing it with great coaching. Doc Rivers is the coach of the year. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, great talent over there. And the Phoenix Suns and the Philadelphia 76ers are in second place, followed by the Milwaukee Bucks. In the Western Conference, the Golden State Warriors are holding on to that 10th seed as they get a big victory over the Sacramento Kings, 117-113, as Steph Curry sets the NBA record for three-pointers in a month with 85. He chips in with 37 points, and the Warriors right now are 31-30. They don't have James Wiseman. He's out for the season. Of course, Klay Thompson out for the season as well. Where would the Warriors be if they had all their players and they were healthy? Right now, the Warriors are the 10th seed. They would take on the Portland Trailblazers if the season ended today. So the Dallas Mavericks get a big win over the Lakers. 
the top six teams in the Western Conference that will not have to play that play-in game. The Utah Jazz, Phoenix Suns, Los Angeles Clippers, Denver Nuggets, Los Angeles Lakers, which will get Anthony Davis back. They will get LeBron back for the playoffs and then the Dallas Mavericks. So Portland, Memphis, San Antonio, and Golden State are on the outside trying to get into that play-in game. They have their spot locked, but right behind them, four and a half games back is the New Orleans Pelicans. Led by Zion Williamson, who's having an MVP-type season, and he doesn't have a very good running mate. And then the Sacramento Kings have just fallen off a cliff. They've only won two of their last ten. They started off pretty good, and now they have just been disappointing. 24-36. and They are headed for the lottery once again. How many lottery picks have the Sacramento Kings whiffed on? It is just tragic. The Sacramento Kings have not made the postseason since 2006. Of course, when I left Sacramento, I was a big fan of them when I lived there. From 1997 to 2005, I lived in Sacramento, and that was the height of their popularity, the greatest show on court. But not anymore. And, of course, Vladi Divac is out as GM, and the new ownership group, the Maloof brothers were a great ownership group. Losing the ownership group they did and losing all their players and whiffing on a lot of lottery picks like Nick Stauskas and Jimmer Fredette and Ben McLemore and Thomas Robinson and, and the list goes on and on. I still think Tyrese Halliburton is a pretty good pick they got this year and he's probably going to get first team all rookie. Congratulations to the Five Stripes. Atlanta United picks up their first victory of the season a 3-1 contest over the Chicago Fire in front of a crowd of over 20,000 fans at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Soccer is back in the ATL. Joseph Martinez comes back from his injury. Ezekiel Barco scores a goal. And Atlanta United right now has four points on the season. They will take on the New England Revolution next week. And it is going to be one of those games where Atlanta United... If they get all their pieces back, they are a very good possession team. They know how to possess the ball. They possessed it on 61% of the possessions. And I got to tell you, I'm impressed with the five stripes. And hopefully they could get back to their winning ways when they made the postseason three straight years in their existence, including an MLS Cup and an appearance in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2019. As you all know, this is a local show, and I am excited just to announce that the Columbus River Dragons win their first two games in the playoffs against Elmira, and they will play Game 3 of the Ignite Cup on Friday at the Civic Center. So congratulations to the Columbus River Dragons for their playoff wins, and I just am getting excited about playoff hockey in Columbus. So exciting. I'm just, I'd like to go out to a game, but I just, I just don't have the time. I'm telling you, it is great. I think that hockey is just one of those things that a lot of the hardcore hockey fans just feel terrible when the Thrashers left in 2011. And now you have a team of the River Dragons. A lot of Cottonmouth fans were very disappointed when they left in 2017 had a two-year hiatus, and now hockey is back in the Fountain City. I cannot wait for this game on on uh, Friday. 
we got the NFL we got the NFL draft coming up this Thursday and I have just seen so many mock drafts it's crazy how much pressure is on the 49ers to get this pick right they have the number three pick because they traded away two first rounders and let me tell you something Kyle Shanahan who is a very good coach if he has a healthy quarterback he could take that team to the Super Bowl you got to throw 2020 out of the books Nick Bosa was injured for all the season. That was a game changer. They're going to get Nick Bosa back. Most of their pieces are coming back with Kyle Juszczyk. They got George Kittle. They read up Trent Williams. Fred Warner's coming back. Jaquiski Tart, Jimmy Ward. They have a great team. Kyle Shanahan traded away those picks. It's not going to matter if the 49ers are a Super Bowl caliber team and those first round picks are late, late first round picks. Like picking 28 through 32 the 49ers feel Kyle Shanahan feels so much confidence in his offense that he could select Mac Jones and it could work I like Mac Jones he's a good pocket quarterback Uh, they talk about his mobility but he is the quarterback in the draft this year that is ready to win now he had a pro style system under Steve Sarkeesian at the University of Alabama And he is ready to win now. I think that if Kyle Shanahan gets this pick right, all is forgiven. We won't even worry about those first-round picks. There's been some teams that got it wrong. When the Washington Redskins traded all those picks away to get Robert Griffin III, second overall, that came back and haunted them. Luckily, they were able to draft Kirk Cousins in that round as well, and he had a pretty good NFL career. Remember, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator with the Washington Redskins during that time. He knows what to do with quarterbacks. He's developed Matt Schaub. He's developed Robert Griffin III. He's developed Brian Hoyer. He has developed Matt Ryan into an MVP candidate in 2016. So Kyle Shanahan, with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers got to the Super Bowl. Is Mac Jones just a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo? I would like to see the 49ers get a superstar, a flashy player, but the The NFC West seems like the teams are reeling. We don't know if Matthew Stafford is just going to be a Pro Bowl-style quarterback that Sean McVay is going to take and going to elevate and get them to win the Super Bowl. He got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. We don't know if Matt Stafford, who's never won a playoff game, is going to be that type of quarterback. It seems like Seattle is free-falling with Russell Wilson and that team. But and Of course, are you buying the Cardinals? as a great team I'm not so the 49ers they have the most talented team if they get this pick right I feel the 49ers once again will be the favorites to reach the Super Bowl in 2021 because they would have been the favorites in 2020 but they were decimated with all those injuries I've never seen a team free fall so far than the 49ers with all those injuries So you got to take it with a grain of salt. Next thing, in this NFL draft, it is very hit or miss. I look at the 49ers and see they're going to take Mac Jones more than likely. So with that, the Atlanta Falcons are on the clock. Who are they going to get? Are they going to get the heir to Matt Ryan in Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Or are they going to get the most talented playmaker in this draft in Kyle Pitts? That would give Matt Ryan another weapon. Just having a tight end, the last time the Last time the Falcons had a Pro Bowl tied in, oh, of course, Austin Hooper. They went to the Super Bowl. But before that, Tony Gonzalez. 
I would love to see the Falcons with a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. Of course, Julio Jones is getting up there in age. You have Calvin Ridley, and they just signed Cordell Patterson. I feel the Falcons have solved their kicking. Their, I feel this, the Falcons have solved their kick return problems getting Cordell Patterson. On the running back side, they did get Mike Davis, and I do feel the Falcons are going to draft a running back in the second round, either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. So the Falcons have got the offensive side of the ball. Head coach Arthur Smith, who likes to develop tight ends, and he is that type of coach that gets the run game going as well. Don't worry about the defense. The defense will figure itself out. So I think the Falcons are the first team that's on the clock because we already know the first three picks are going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. So the Falcons will take Kyle Pitts. I did go through my 15 picks last week. It hasn't changed, so... I'm not going to do a mock draft this week, but on Monday's show, I'm going to recap all three days of the draft. I thought about having a special show Friday to talk about the draft on Thursday. I am not going to do that. I might go Facebook Live and talk about some of the draft picks, but I will have a show on Monday. So this is my special announcement, the announcement you've all been waiting for. As you know, a lot of people know, I've been doing this podcast since January of 2020. I've had some guest spots on 95.7 ESPN Radio in Columbus. And I just got a job offer. I've been selected to be the new PA announcer for Russell County High School football in Seal, Alabama. It is 6A football. They have a new head coach, a new athletic director. I'm supposed to be meeting with the coach sometime this week or next week. I am excited. Their first game is going to be August the 20th against Smith Station. Russell County Warriors football is going to be great. I cannot wait to be the PA announcer. I've never been a PA announcer. I've been a play-by-play announcer for college basketball, baseball. When I was a play-by-play announcer for college baseball, I was in the press box with the PA announcer so I could hear PA announcers so I know what they're doing. And plus, I've been to broadcasting school for the military and in the civilian side at Freed Harmon University. So it's a great opportunity, and I'm going to give it my best. And so that was my big announcement, that I finally got a job in broadcasting something that i've been wanting to do for the past 20 years just the hard work pays off you put in the work like the podcast i'm trying to get motivated to do this podcast at least once a week the hard work does pay off so you can be successful in this industry with that note i want to thank all my listeners that downloaded my podcast don't forget to like and subscribe to my facebook channel i am always here monday every week talking about sports over the weekend and previewing the next week to come. So stay tuned for next week's show, and I will talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.